0: We want to welcome you uh, to our night of worship. We talked in Acts chapter 13 about how the church gathered together and they ministered to the Lord and the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Saul and Barnabas, and they were sent out. And I said that I believe the Lord has a word for us, and I believe that word for our church is for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to go back to our teaching, even this past weekend. We're studying the book of Acts. And if you remember, Acts is part, second part of a two-part volume. Luke, knowing that he was going to disciple Theophilus from the time of Jesus' birth through until the first church and all that they did in the book of Acts, he said and started his letter, his second letter, the second volume, the book of Acts, to Theophilus, and he said, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. When we recognize that, we begin to see that Luke wrote about the life of Jesus in the gospel according to Luke to prepare us to understand the life that we have in Christ because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus in Luke chapter one, we learned something so powerful. He was born of the Spirit. The Holy One inside of you will be because of the power of God is what the angel told Mary. He's gonna be born of the Spirit. In Luke chapter 3, Jesus goes to the baptism and the baptism place of John the baptizer, and there he decides to go into that water, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. Much like in the first church, the Holy Spirit descended like tongues of fire. But for Jesus, because he's the God of peace, he descends like a dove. And Jesus, the Spirit comes upon him. And in chapter 4, the Bible says, Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, Luke didn't have to add that. It's in between two commas. Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, but he added it because he's trying to prove to Theophilus, one man, the power of the Spirit in your life. And so we see that Jesus was filled with the Spirit. And it was after that point we began, and John helps us understand when Jesus was filled with the spirit, he began to operate in the supernatural. For in John chapter two, he performs his first miracle and he turns water to wine. This was after the filling of the spirit, he's now operating in the supernatural. You see the example of Jesus that Luke is setting for us is that when he was filled with the spirit, He started his ministry, empowered for ministry to do the supernatural and to point people to God. I want you to think through this. And as we sing these songs, I want you to remember and reflect on the example of Jesus and being filled with the Spirit and all that he did because of the Spirit of the living God. Jesus set such an example of being filled with the Spirit that when Peter was trying to explain Jesus to the house of Cornelius, he said this, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing. Peter's trying to explain he was operating in the supernatural. He was filled with the Spirit, and he was doing the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus What an example he set. Luke sets us up to understand what it means to be filled with the Spirit using the example of the life of Jesus. Jesus himself, he would teach about the filling of the Spirit. In John chapter 14 and 17, the disciples, well, they are a little worried that Jesus has said that he's leaving them. Peter's made the commitment that he's going to lay down his life for Jesus. And Jesus looked at him knowing he didn't have the power of the Spirit. He said, will you lay down your life for me? It's a question really that comes to all of us. And that question there in John chapter 13, it always penetrates my heart. Will you lay down your life for me? Peter didn't know what he was saying when he said yes. But Jesus in John chapter 14 He would talk about the spirit. I'm not going to leave you as orphans, he would say. He said, the spirit, the promise that I'm going to send, he's going to be with you, John 14, 17, and he will dwell in you. Those are two very important words, with and in. You see, what Jesus is saying is that the Spirit is with us. Later in John chapter 16, he would explain what that means. You see, the Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And when the Spirit is speaking, oh, it's you out in your community giving the gospel. And with the Spirit, because he's convicting the world, he begins to use the words that you're speaking to say to the person, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And then he uses the word of God. He says, I'm gonna convict you of righteousness. Oh, Jesus, he's righteous. They begin to think in their heart and mind. And then he convicts the world in regards to judgment and he communicates to that person because he's with them. You can conquer sin. You don't have to be a slave to it. Well, then what happens in the process? Jesus goes, the spirit will be in you. Oh, that's salvation. You remember when that was fulfilled after the resurrection, Jesus walks into the room and he says to them, receive the spirit and he breathed on them. And the spirit went from with them to in them. But after that moment, he knew what they needed. You see, they were sealed unto the day of redemption. The spirit of God was with them, convicting them, they received the spirit of god when they believed and he came in them but jesus he knew that they would need the power of the spirit and he knew that they would need to walk by faith and that's a step of faith so he would tell them after this moment i want you to go to jerusalem and i want you to wait there for the power from on high now remember the example of jesus So much so that Peter would explain Jesus to Cornelius and say he had power. He was filled with the Spirit. And now Jesus, using his life as an example, Luke would write to us. But you will receive power, he would say. Acts chapter 1. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's a different word. You see, he'll be with you. That Greek word is the word para. He will dwell in you. That Greek word is the word en, in. But now Jesus uses a different word. He says, the spirit of God will come upon you. That word is epi, a different Greek word. And what Jesus is saying is, I want you to know you can't do this thing on your own. It's going to be hard for you to turn the other cheek. It's going to be hard for you to go the second mile. It's gonna be impossible for you to operate in the supernatural. You need the spirit of the living God, but you shall receive power. You see, Jesus knew exactly what we need in order for us to do the work of the ministry. And now as we prepare our hearts for the prayer that they prayed, I want us to take this time of worship to reflect Jesus showed me the example of being filled in the Spirit, and then he taught me to wait, to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we're so thankful that because of the cross and the resurrection of which we are to be a witness, filled by the Holy Spirit, set us free and gave us victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you have your seat for just a moment? We have to remember that when Luke was writing these two volumes, he was writing to one guy. All this energy, all this effort. He wanted to disciple one man, and so Luke was very careful to disciple him in a way by pulling out stories that I'm sure Theophilus needed to hear. You see, I said on Sunday, Theophilus, it means lover of God. Most likely a given name to him, like Simon became Peter. He loved God. He wanted to know everything that there was about God. His name, friend of God, lover of God. Well, Jesus made it clear in John chapter 15, you're my friends because I've told you everything and I know everything to tell you. You see, a good friend wants to know everything. But even though Theophilus He was hungry for the word and he was in church every Sunday. There must've been something missing even in Theophilus' life. For Luke would tell a story in Acts chapter 19, that Paul, he would walk into the church in Ephesus and they were believers. But he was there for maybe a Sunday or two and he looked at the church and he said, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? They responded and they said, no, no, we've only heard of John's baptism. Ah, or maybe in his Jewish way, aha, now I know. See, something was lacking. They were students of the word of God. They wanted to know God. They believed in Jesus, but there was power lacking in the church. And so Paul would look at the church and he goes, I don't think you know the spirit. And they go, no, we've never heard of him. And the Bible says Paul began to preach a message. The Spirit of God came upon them and all of a sudden this church who had no idea who the Spirit was, they're the church in Ephesus and they're rocking it for Jesus. Something happened when the Spirit came upon them and filled them. Theophilus needed to know this. See, quite the opposite of the disciples. They would look at the life of Jesus and there was a time in Luke chapter 11 where they're looking at his life. He's walking on water. He's feeding the 5,000. He's feeding the 4,000. He's raising people from the dead. The blind can see. And they're looking at their lives going, We ain't like that. And we see you spend a lot of time in prayer. And we'd like that kind of life. So could you teach us how to pray like that so we can live like this? So Jesus taught them a prayer Our Father, which art in heaven. He then tells them a story to lead them to a point. And he says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to men, how much more will the father give you the Holy Spirit when you ask him? So in Acts chapter one, that's what the church was doing. Mary was there, the mother of Jesus. And I want you to notice, no one was praying to her. She was praying to her savior. And there in that upper room, they're all praying and I know exactly what they were praying. They had learned what to pray from Jesus. Would you give us your spirit? Would you give us your spirit? Jesus taught us to pray that if we want that kind of life, if we want to walk in that kind of power, he says, ask for the spirit. And there they are in that upper room 10 days. Would you give us the spirit of God? Because we want that kind of life. Your pastor stands before you and I want that kind of life. So I'm gonna ask our elders to come forward and ask our pastors to come forward. And tonight in front of you, I'm gonna ask the elders to lay hands on us. Now it may be the proverbial lay hands because of COVID, but I'm asking the elders to lay hands on us. And I'm gonna ask them to pray. I'm gonna ask one of them to pray for the power of the spirit on your pastor's lives. And then in like manner, the pastors, we're gonna lay hands on them. So pastor friends, if you guys could come in front with me, that would be great. And then in like manner, pastors are going to turn around and lay hands on the elders and we're going to pray the power of the spirit on their life and then in like manner we're going to spread out all over the stage and we want to pray for you and if you want us being obedient to jesus and asking for the power of the spirit in your life because never let it be said at coast hills that paul walks in and goes have you heard of the spirit Never let that be said of us. Let it be said, we asked by faith for the power of the spirit to be empowered to do the work of the ministry. And so we're gonna spread out on this stage and we're gonna say during that song, if you wanna be prayed for, you come forward and we'll pray for you.
1: Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful evening that you've given us. And Lord, tonight, this church hungers and thirsts for your righteousness, Lord. Lord, we we lift up our, our pastors to you, Lord. They're men after your own heart who we love dearly, Lord. They are filled with your spirit. And tonight we're asking for A refreshing, a refilling of your spirit. As our pastor shared today about our Lord and Savior lifting his hand up, we are reminded of Noah lifting his hand up to the dove, and tonight we stretch out our hands to our pastors, our our brothers, and we ask, Lord, that you would fill them with your spirit, Lord. We need you, Lord. Lord. We want to be filled with your spirit and we want to be your disciples. And we asked tonight, Lord, by your grace and your mercy and your love to be poured out upon these these men, these mighty men, so we can do the work of the ministry. We love you, Jesus. We thank you that they share this love to take care of the sheep, your sheep, Lord, to care for them, to protect them, to lead them and to guide them. So, Lord, please give them your love, the fruit of your love, and the power of your spirit. In Jesus' holy name, amen.
0: All right, guys. Gather up, we want to pray for you. Our Father, For four years, I've co-labored with these mighty men of God. And before this church, it was these men that you used their wisdom, their spirit to attract me to want to come to this church. So I watched them care for the people, love them, be there, Hospital bedsides, deathbeds, discovering about cancer and rejoicing at newborn babes. These men love you. And so Lord, as pastors, we lay hands on them. And we ask Lord that you would fill them with the power of your spirit. We pray Lord that you would give them wisdom ministry, leadership, administration. We ask for every gift of the spirit to fill this leadership team so that we might be able to lead this church in power and in truth. Pray that we'll no longer be swayed by a crowd, but we'll be directed by your word. I pray that we'll walk in wisdom, I pray that we will be purposed to fulfill the mission to preach the gospel and make disciples. I pray that this church would be a city on a hill as you lead us through the wisdom that you give these men. But Lord, I pray for the power of the Spirit on their wives because each one of them here would not be the men they are without the wives that you've given us. And so I pray that you'd fill their wives with the power of your Spirit. I ask, Lord, that you would protect their children, that their families would glorify God in all of who they are, in every bit of their being, that every decision they make would be to glorify and to honor you alone. And so as a church, and as you would just raise your hands towards them, church, if you just raise your hands towards them, we ask for the power of your spirit on their lives Today. And that this night will be marked as a night we saw your spirit descend on them like tongues of fire. And God, you do a mighty work and movement. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. We're gonna scatter on this stage. And you see who they are. Let me say, um, I wish you knew each one of them as individually as I did and as I do you'd fall in love with each one of them and their wives and children. We're blessed to have the leadership team that we do. I I tell my friends, my pastor friends, I can't wait to get to my elders meeting. They can't believe it. Seriously, my pastor friends are like, you enjoy elders meetings? I go, it's like a hangout. It's like a boys' night. I'm just so grateful for the team that God has given us. And I say this to say, when they pray for you, They take you home in their hearts. This is not an event for these guys. This is a calling. And so tonight, if you would like to just take that step of faith and follow the example of Jesus and the teaching of Jesus and ask for just the power of the Spirit in your life, I pray that uh, you'll just have the faith to come forward. Worry about, it's dark, no one can see anyway. Just come and ask with the spirit.